Verse 9 says, Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. May be seated in the presence. I don't know how much of this we'll get through this afternoon, but I'm going to give you as much as the Holy Spirit allows me to give, and we'll come back and we'll finish this in the next couple of weeks. But I want to start this morning uh, on the series. Uh, God, thank you for another chance. God, thank you for another chance. Thank you for another opportunity to give you glory. Thank you for another opportunity to give you praise. You know, there's a lot of things in life that we take for granted. And you don't know that you take it for granted until you no longer have it in your possession. You can think that you appreciate it in the magnitude that you should appreciate it until it's taken away from you. You don't understand and appreciate freedom until you have had your freedom threatened or taken away from you. Uh, you don't understand the privilege that we have uh, to get up and make decisions for ourselves until you have somebody else telling you what to do and when to do and how to do. Uh, so it's impossible sometimes for you to appreciate what you have until you don't have it anymore. Um, sometimes we just act like stuff is supposed to be and because it's supposed to be, we expect it. And when you expect it, you call uh, or cause yourself to become uh, what we call, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mm, 
I'm looking for a word that we, we give to people who feel like uh, entitled. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Everybody in the room take a breath, a deep breath. Now be careful, be careful, be careful. Because the things that are not seen can't affect the things that are seen. It's a joke, but I'm gonna leave it right there for you to get it later. Um, but everybody in here that took a deep breath uh, expected to take a deep breath. And you expected to inhale, and when you inhale, and you get to the point where you can't go longer, you expect to exhale. You appreciate that breath, but you'll appreciate it more if you ever had to fight for it. Yeah, if you ever had or got to the point where somebody was trying to take your breath, then you would appreciate what seems easy and effortless is breathing. You'll appreciate because you'll understand what goes into uh, the breathing process. And last time we talked, we talked about uh, the topic, I can't breathe. And we went back to Exodus chapter 6, uh, verse 8 and 9, where we talked about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And in coming out of Egypt, the Bible says that God made certain promises to them. And in him making certain promises to the children of Israel, they could not hear God and did not want to hear God. The scripture literally says they hearkened not unto Moses because of anguish of spirit. Say shortness of breath. And so we determined that they uh, couldn't hear God, couldn't hear the promises, didn't want to hear the promises. Because they were short of breath, they literally could not breathe. And so uh, we determined that there are things that happen in life on a daily basis that can take your breath away. Uh, that word anguish is the word short. It means shortness. Spirit is the, the word uh, ruah and it means breath. The breath of God. So while we're yet breathing and we can take a deep breath in the natural, there are some of us who may be suffering and uh, suffocating and finding it hard to breathe in the spirit because things happen we lose our breath but I want to show you today that sometimes when you lose your breath it's not the enemy it's not circumstances it's not situations it's not trial and tribulations that take our breath rather it's us we find in the 51st Psalm that David uh, writes a letter a love song to the Lord and within the context of his song he says to the Lord please don't take your spirit from me that word spirit again is the word ruah somebody say breath of God, breath of God. so David here is insinuating to us that there's a possibility because of the way that you live your life that God will essentially snatch his spirit away from you. Yeah, and I've come today to submit to us that we live such a way sometimes that we don't truly appreciate the chances that God gives us. We don't really appreciate the opportunities that he gives us. We don't appreciate the chances that we get to get it right. Some of us, if truth be told, are probably on our one million second chance. We ain't got to say nothing. But we take it for granted how good God is. But David lived in a time where he was not afforded grace and mercy. 
David lived in a time where there was no sacrifice. Uh, there was no Christ. There was no Jesus uh, uh, in the flesh that had been manifested to take away the sin. So David understood how important God's spirit is to the vitality of his life. He understood that if I mess up with God, man, I don't even want to be here. And I don't need God to take his spirit away from me. And I've come to the understanding that God is so good that we've gotten to the point where we take for granted his grace and mercy. Yeah, we take for granted his grace and mercy because even through our mess, he still blesses us. Even through us still doing what we want to do and saying that we'll say, God still blesses us. Even through things that we do that we know we should do, activity that we participate in, know that we shouldn't participate in, conversations that we have and we know we shouldn't uh, participate in the conversation, and God still blesses us. And because he continues to bless us, we take for granted that his grace and his mercy is going to be there. We take for granted that the fact he says that each morning my mercies are made new. And we just wake up in the morning and expect God's grace and mercy to be there. And we continue in what we want to do and how we want to do it, expecting God to be there. But what are we going to do when we wake up and his grace and mercy is no longer don't want him to come back and I have my business unfixed. Yeah, because it's easy sometimes for us to just matriculate on through things and, and fake it and, and uh, make like we got it all together. But upon closer examination, David was no different than us. Because David was the king, which means he had a position. Uh, not only did he have a position, but he had a title. Uh, he's a leader. He's a mentor. He's a warrior. He's all of those things that you would think that he's supposed to be. David is a worshiper, but yet he has issues. Y'all going to talk back to me in a minute. Yeah, I wish I had a church that was real, God. And say, Pastor, yeah, I'm a worshiper. I'm a praiser. I love the Lord with my whole heart, but there's still some stuff. And if I uh, miss one Sunday, yeah, I don't know about you, but I can't afford to miss. I can't, I can't wait until Sunday to get my fix. Yeah, because if he don't get a hold to me after this service, y'all don't talk back to me on the line. Yeah, but see, I know my flesh. You don't know yours. See, I don't trust my flesh. I know that in my flesh is ain't no good thing. And if I ever get out of the spirit, my flesh is going to have his way. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't for the spirit. Wasn't for the Holy Ghost. Some of us would have been there and cussed one another out. Y'all would talk back to me after a while. If it wasn't for the Spirit, the only reason that we hadn't is because the Holy Ghost got a hold of the tongue. Yeah, yeah, you know, you understand that is it. Look, he gave me another chance, I'm going to give you one. David says, listen, David had a relationship, a real relationship with the Lord. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this message to you because I want you to understand that there's no excuse uh, for doing wrong. But if you do wrong, then I thank God for another chance. Amen. And so David, watch this, David has a real live relationship. He's a real worshiper. Uh, he, he worships not only in song, but he plays an instrument. David is a worshiper. David loved God. 
Yeah, David, imagine just sitting at home and David just writing songs all day. David is writing poetry. It was David who said, the Lord is my shield and my rock. It was David that said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. David was writing love melodies, madness to the Lord. He loved him so much that he couldn't think about nothing else. But one day, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Yeah, it took us somebody to tell him stuff happened when you ain't where you were supposed to be. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be at war. Yeah, but he was at home taking a nap. Yeah, things happen when you're not where you're supposed to be. When you're not where you're supposed to be. Uh, I'm not just talking about in the natural, but when you're not where you're supposed to be spiritually, you'll find yourself caught in folk you weren't supposed to court. You'll find yourself in relationship with folk you weren't supposed to be engaging in conversation you weren't supposed to. You'll find yourself doing things. I, I said I had stopped that, but as soon as the only thing that keeps me sane and right is the Holy Spirit. God, don't take your spirit. It's hard enough to breathe. I don't need you to take your spirit. And David says, God, I love you. Watch what happens though. David, as a worshiper, lover of God, uh, falls asleep on the rooftop. Steps out and gives a good stretch. Looks out over the good Lord. Have mercy. David sees uh, the most beautiful thing that his eyes had ever beheld. He sees, he has wives. David has stuff. He has concubines. And he looks out on the balcony and sees Bathsheba bathing. He says, Lord, have mercy. Y'all find out who that is for me. He sings for her. Yeah, and he says, man, bring her to me. You know how the story goes. David ends up uh, sleeping with Bathsheba and pregnant her and thinking that nobody knows until Nathan shows up at the door and says, David, I got a story to tell you. Let me tell you this story about this man that was in this country. He had all the lamb. The rich man had everything he wanted, but there was a poor man that had one of you lamb. He had a little bit of lamb, and the rich man took that man's lamb. And David said his anger was killed. He said, show me where he's at. And Nathan said, you are that man. And David now has something. And see, he said, now you ready to go kill somebody else, but now you need mercy. And there are some of us that be ready to execute judgment on other folk. While their name is up and down the highway, but when your name is the one that's weak, and you say, well, now God's still working on me. You want grace and mercy, but you ready to crucify everybody else. David, then, after the result of what he had got caught up in, begins to write the 51st song. Yeah, I wish we had some folk that was real. We just, we just, I mean, without the cameras and all that, can we just keep it 100 for just a minute? Just, just understanding that God, man, I love God, but sometimes you get caught up in stuff. I knew y'all weren't gonna keep it all the way 100. I knew that. Now, some stuff you make on your own, you make them decisions on a daily basis. They're just saying, amen. On a daily basis, you got some stuff that you do that you know God ain't pleased with. You got some folk you talking to that you know you ain't supposed to be talking to. You got some pictures in your phone that you know it. You got some texts you need. If you got to delete the text after y'all get through talking. If God was in the exposing business, yeah, see, people think that it's God that exposes 
and mercy. David said, man, it wasn't supposed to go that far. But it it, 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 it went so fast. It escaped from me because I didn't want nobody to find out. And when I didn't want anybody to find out, I concocted my own plan and I called Uriah home and got him drunk. And when I got him drunk, I thought he was going to go home, but he was so committed to me that he slept on the porch in the castle. I, 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 now I woke up in the morning, they come tell me, look, I didn't go home, your plan ain't working. So now I'm, I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach. And when I, oh man, I wish I could talk to somebody. I wish I would keep it real. Yeah, see, this message ain't for the fake, it ain't for the weak, and this is one of them real heavy messages. Uh, because the Holy Spirit just dropped something in my spirit, and, and I'm warned as to whether or not to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah, some of us were supposed to be aborted. Some of us wasn't even supposed to make it through. Because uh, yeah, we, we wasn't conceived the right way. And so watch what David said. David said, man, I done did all of this. I done brought this man home. I done got him drunk. David even sent food to the house. He sent a whole meal. He said, man, look, I'm going to send some food with you so y'all can eat and get drink and be married and be happy. And I need you to do one thing for make sure you make love good to your wife. Make sure everything is good at home. I need you to go take care of home. I can imagine Uriah in his mind thinking something ain't right. King ain't never called me before and told me. King ain't never, I ain't never heard of a king uh, calling a soldier home and feeding him like this and treating him good. Now Uriah knew something was up. And David says to himself, he says, man, I got to find something else to do. So watch what David does. David writes a letter, gives the letter to Uriah, and gives him his own death certificate. Uriah rides all the way back to the army, gives the army the letter. They put him on the front uh, line of the army. David ends up being killed. And watch what happens. The Bible says that Nathan shows up to his house. Now watch this, because now David has to write a letter to the Lord. He wrote a letter for Uriah. Now he has to write one for himself. Watch what it says around verse 8. He says, Lord, if you can, hide your face from my sins. Hmm, not just one, the poor. Because when you find yourself uh, in a mess, you want to repent for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when stuff, when stuff, when you really need something from God, that's when you go to Him and start really repenting. Because David now got himself in a mess that he can't get himself out of. And David says, "God, hide your face from my sins and blot out all 
iniquities. I like this part in verse number 10 because he says something has to be wrong with me. I need you to create in me a clean heart. Mm, touch your neighbor tell them that's what you need. A clean heart. I want to submit to you at this time that there's some of us that do what we do because our heart ain't right. I knew it, 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 I knew it. That's why I'm making notes right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't like that part because you got to understand that people who say that they love God can't do you just any kind of way and continue to do any kind of way. Yeah, see, we, we, we start making excuses for folks saying, well, they just tired of, they just, they just going through something. Now, some folk mean as hell because that's in their heart. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. Some folk, you, you giving folks a pass who say they got the Holy Ghost, but what they got ain't the Holy Ghost. They got a ghost, but it ain't holy. And some people, now watch this, because some people's heart won't get right as long as you're sugarcoating what they do. Some folks need to be called back on their heart issues. Now, me telling you that it's all right and not saying nothing. See, the, the problem is that we begin to think that because we're in the kingdom that we got to be weak. Unless you want to, but I can tell you what's going on with you. Just because I tell you the truth don't mean I'm gonna fight you. Yeah, but we, we think that just because I'm in the kingdom don't mean I gotta let folks step on me. I ain't gotta let them walk all over me. I wanna let you know that I don't appreciate the way that you've been doing. You can let people know what's going on without offending them. And if the truth offends you, then so be it. But I'm obligated to help you with your heart issue. Because I can tell whether or not what you're saying is from the Lord. That's called the 
you're saved is from God. You gotta be careful. You gotta be man. Now stop calling all these people prophets because we call anybody they can, they, they done call they done label their own self a prophet. Yeah, I found out if you get the folks start calling you that. I ain't never my, I ain't never said, yeah, I'm a prophet. Everywhere I go, people say prophet Beckwith is here. That, that's because people have seen you for in the gift, and when they see you for the gift, they'll give you the title. Yeah, you got people just because you go somewhere and preach, that'll make you an evangelist. Because you get in your car and drive 15 minutes on the road to an evangelist. Some of you done seen them. Uh, you wonder how can somebody, uh, I can remember, I'm going to meddle just a little bit more, uh, leaving church, and my Sunday school teacher uh, was on the church ground smoking cigarettes. Now, I wasn't no bigger than five or six years old, and it just made good dirt sense to me. Now, and this is what I said to him. Sir, you just got through teaching us uh, a Sunday school lesson. How are you gonna be out here on the church ground smoking cigarettes? Now this is that man's testimony that he hadn't had a cigarette from that day to this one out of the mouth of babes. Yeah, God took that opportunity for truth to create in him a clean heart. He didn't need no patch, no gum. Yeah, see, you don't really wanna quit. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. You wanna try to weed yourself off somebody. Let me just take Another chance. So when my eyes opened this morning, I heard 
another chance. Don't matter what happened yesterday, when my eyes opened this morning, God, thank you for another chance. God, thank you that you didn't take your Holy Spirit. Yeah, we have the tendency to take things for granted. I would challenge you. Watch what he says in verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And please, God, don't take your Holy Spirit. Don't take your breath. Don't stop breathing on me. For those of us who feel like God has forgotten about you, I would submit to you to try living without the grace of God. Try living without the favor of God. Try living without the mercies of God. I guarantee you when you're without his grace and his mercy and his favor, you'll appreciate where you are. If God was to show you what he does for you on a daily basis, you would appreciate what he does for you. But because we just go along, we don't have to worry about getting our car and being attacked on all sides because he has angels encamped around us. We don't have to worry about different diseases because he has angels encamped. We're protected by his word. We're protected by our heads. If we were to see everything that God is keeping us from, I think we probably would appreciate him a little bit. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 says should we continue in sin now that grace is here now that grace is abound should we continue in sin it says God forbid look at somebody and say God forbid because your heart is supposed to be made right that's why the scripture says if you can believe it in your heart and confess it out of your mouth that you shall be saved if I'm saved, then my heart is supposed to be different. My talk is supposed to be different. My behavior is supposed to be different. But it's difficult sometimes to differentiate between who's in the world and who's out. Who's in the church and who's out. Who's real for God and who's not. And we try to determine this. All you have to do is watch somebody for a little while. Your conversation will betray you. Then thank God for another chance. Mm. Don't put me out of your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take the breath out of me. Listen, it's hard enough in the world with the things of the world that's trying to take your breath. So don't allow your own behavior to be the reason that you came from me. Yeah, because you're thinking that it's the situations that you're in that's causing it to be difficult for you to breathe. But God said, no, it's your own behavior. I can't keep pouring anointing out on you that you're not going to use. I can't bring you to places that you're not mature enough to operate in. And so you feel like you're suffocating and like you're dying where you are. And God says, as soon as you mature, I'll give you more breath. I remember when Jackson was born. I'm going home on this talk. Jackson was about seven weeks, I want to say, premature. And uh, the doctors were worried. They were worried because uh, females, uh, the lungs develop quicker 
And so the doctor said, if we let him come now, he won't be able to breathe. And so we have to keep him in there until his lungs fully develop and he can breathe on his own. So they put Yolanda in the hospital for about uh, four or five weeks and giving her medicine to hold off the labor. And when they couldn't hold no more, the doctor, about 37, 37 and a half weeks, the doctor came and said, look, we can't hold him back no more. We got to bring him out. Hopefully, prayerfully, everything is developed. What we're going to do is keep him here for another six weeks until everything develops. And so he was born February 8th. So watch what happens. They tell us six weeks from now, he'll be able to come home. It was three days. Six weeks. Now y'all, between now and then, y'all gonna have to come visit him here because he can't breathe. So they had him hooked up to all these different machines and all this different stuff because his lungs wasn't the hell. And then on a Saturday, we were in town, living in Longview, and just riding around, and the doctor said, hey, y'all come and get y'all baby today. <laughs> we thought it was going to be six weeks. Said, no, he's taking all of the bottles. He's breathing on his own. Now watch this. Because as you grow, your capacity to breathe increases. God can't give you what you can't handle. He'll keep giving you chances, but you'll stay where you are. Because you're only able to breathe on that level. The higher you are elevated, this is even in the natural, the harder it is to breathe. You go up into the mountains, the air is thinner, it's harder to breathe when you're being elevated. Oh, this good to me. So as God takes you higher, that's why it's increasingly become harder for you to breathe because you're being elevated. That's even thank God for fresh revelation. Even stuff has to begin to fall off of you because God Somebody how the elevation. Who this dude? Can't shout out. Who this dude? Everybody can't breathe on your level. There's some family members that you've been walking with. You struggling to breathe, trying to hold on to them. They're never to the point where they can breathe on their own. Leave them in there now. Let God elevate you. 
thank God for another chance. Another chance to breathe. This is what the scripture says. That everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Thank God for another chance to breathe. Y'all in here. Thank God for another chance to breathe. Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. Thank God for another chance to Situation in mind. I'm gonna go ahead and share this. 
wish everybody was excited to see me back out. It's just late. So, hey, you too. Listen, I'm going to just talk to you. The other day, I saw this girl uh, that I went to school with. And uh, sent me a Facebook request and everything to Facebook. So she sent me a Facebook request and she got a homegirl on Facebook. That I said, man, I'm going to look for that. I didn't even recognize her. So the girl in the high school with says, Makai, that's such and such. Yes, it is. So I went and looked. I said, man, it is her. That's her. So she was like, I told you. I didn't even recognize her. So I said, oh, girl, I feel crazy. Like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? Her conversation was the same as in high school. She think she still got That's what I'm talking about. I don't think I'm just trying to make a point. So then I'm just trying to make a point. She thought she still had it. And I didn't want to be the one to tell her. Sister, bro, you can't pour. Now what you pour in the ice cream. Okay, y'all got that now. Y'all got that part of it. Y'all got the last part. Now watch this. The danger is we're trying to operate and do stuff like we still got. When the glory has departed from you, Saul was still trying to be king and the anointing had gone to David. You still, you trying to fight demons and you ain't praying in six months. You trying to jump right back in and you ain't got it.
will never forsake us. This is where Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I'll come to you. We have the promise of God that his spirit will dwell with us. Amen. But I will not take that for granted. I will not take it for granted. This is the end.